Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm from. Um, Are you a Shocker fan or what? I don't really follow sports. I don't really, I've never really been like connected to the sports sure. communities, so I don't know. I mean, I say that, but um, my dad actually used to play for the Royals, and yeah. so I should be connected to the to sports sure. fandom and stuff. I'm just not. I just never really took an interest in it. Sure. But yeah, so I grew up for. I grew up in Derby, Kansas, yes, um, Derby. and then moved to Andover, Kansas, mm-hmm. um, right before starting high school. Okay. So I say I'm kind of from both areas. Yeah. Um, and then I went to Fort Hayes State in Hayes, Kansas, for my undergrad four years. Well, then you know Northwest. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I know. I'm more familiar you, with like K State and KU, and sure. you know, a bunch of my friends went there, and you know. Well, K, uh, Northwest and Fort Hayes are in the same conference. Oh, are they? Yeah. Really? Okay. Cool. I don't know why I heard I heard less about them than well, I do. Well, I mean, if you're not involved in the sports, it doesn't yeah, matter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. I never was. So, <laughs> still, am not. So I I only just found out the name of, and I forgot his name already. The our our Red Hawks name. I forgot what Rowdy? it is. Rowdy. Yeah, Rowdy. Is I was gonna Rowdy? say I was gonna say Rudy, but that's not. I'm, right. I'm thinking a year. <laughs> that's not right. That's. Like once a bear yeah. cat, always a bear cat. So I don't know. What yeah, to say. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I mean, so never doesn't sink in sure. <laughs> with me. So, totally but but yeah. So I'm from Wichita area, kind of. Yeah. I've usually been pretty close to Wichita, but I never actually grew up in it. So, yeah. Nice. yeah. And so, how'd you end up here? Um. So I graduated with my degree in psychology and I'd gotten my minor in management because I wanted to go into IO psychology Um, and I was looking at really just one school in Texas Mm -hmm. Um, and then like leading like two weeks away from the deadline and I already turned all my stuff in for uh, it was for Texas A&M I already turned all my stuff in and I told this professor um, where that I was mostly just going for them I didn't really care about other schools Um, and he was like well, you know, just to be on the safe side, maybe you should maybe you should apply to to I know this place southeast. I I he knows some people who teach here who are in my program. The some of the professors he went to school with them. He sure. went to grad school with them. A couple of my professors actually back at yeah. Fort Hayes went to school with them. Um so yeah, so I was like, you know, might as well just to be on the safe side. Um I ended up getting into both. Um but southeast was like, well basically pay for your tuition to come here and Texas was not so accommodating so I was like sure. yeah I'll do that <laughs> it wasn't it, I was bummed honestly be, just because I'd really uh I'd really idealized Texas a lot you know and so then um southeast just seemed less glamorous you know and so I was a little bummed that I knew I'd have to make that choice especially when I found I found that I got into southeast first okay. and I was like Oh boy, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, if I don't get into Texas, then my choice will be really easy." Was it UT? N- um, no, it was at College Station, Texas oh, yeah. A&M at College Station, mm-hmm. camp at their College Station campus. Yep. Um, and so I was like, "Well, maybe they'll make it easy for me, and they won't accept me, and so I won't have to. I won't have to make that bummer <laughs> decision." But then they did accept me, and so I was like, "Well, okay. <laughs> damn it!" And you so, have to make a choice. Yeah, I was like, "Well, I have to. You know, I I have to choose what's." reasonable and what's going to be less stressful for me in the long run mm-hmm. um and that ended up being this so i applied for um the grad assistantship here and then also in the io 
office. Tell me what the acronym. Oh, um, which one? I O. Oh, sorry. Um, industrial organizational psychology. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah so. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I got the. I applied for two grad citizenships. This is the one that I got, and yeah. so here I am. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. 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 Cool. Pretty cool. So we. Yeah, we both traveled a bit. That's yeah, nice. a little bit. That's, that's, yeah. That's nice though. And yeah, I've never been. Yeah, I've never wanted to stay in one place for too long. Sure. You know, so like the four years in Hayes was were good yeah. enough. <laughs> I was like, I'm good now. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, oh, I stayed in Northwest for seven, and um, I milked it. Um, yeah. But. <laughs> It's because, like, that's probably more family than anything else. And okay. I, but I've never been, like, averse to traveling, mostly because yeah. I'm, like, I did a lot of traveling, um, just not only for work, but other stuff I did in school. Mm-hmm. And so because of that and kind of just my family situation, I'm like, yeah. you know, coming home to family wasn't like, oh, man, I can't wait to get back home. Right. I'm yeah. like, I have better, like, people to communicate with out here. Let's yeah. stay out here. Right, for a while. yeah. Um, and so that was just never a pull for me, like, yeah. getting back home. Right. And, uh. And so for me now, like, it's much easier, I think, for me to transition down here than my wife. Really? She has a very solid family structure. And, yeah. And um, she's from Sioux City, Iowa. You know where that's at? I do not. So you, if you I take Kansas City, uh-huh. basically go a little bit farther north, like St. Joseph, um, you take that exact geographical location, you stick it in Iowa. Okay. So she's in the northwest corner okay. of Iowa, gotcha. right next to... Like Nebraska and South Dakota. Gotcha. Okay. And so. And she's very close knit from a very yeah, close knit family. Like her parents yeah. and, and her sister that lives there. Her grandmother just recently passed away. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, it's kind of nice, but we've had a rough year. There really? was a lot of stuff that went on. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. And so, uh, so for my wife, the transition down here is a little different really? than me. And I think also the nature of what we do, because she stays home. She stays home with my son. Our son. Our son. Oh my, oh my God. Our son. Um, and and I work full time. And that's what we. That's what we both wanted. Yeah. And so she's staying there. And uh, I mean, she's loving it. But at the same time, we had such a really strong support structure in Kansas yeah. City because I was in seminary there. But she taught there for eight years. She was okay. she was in English as a second language teacher. Okay. Uh, in a large school district, and so um, she did that for eight years. And as we transitioned through seminary, like we really grew really strong roots in our church. Yeah. And uh, like I mean, super, super close, like yeah. way closer than any other church we've both been a part of. And yeah. so being a part of that for five years and then kind of like, we knew this was going to happen. We knew we were probably going to move. Mm-hmm. And because actually I did, we went through an eight month process uh, to join the Navy as a chaplain. I personally wanted to work with Marines coming out of okay. seminary, yeah, and that just didn't work out because of my experience level. I had two years of full-time ministry experience at that point, mm-hmm. and it, it just wasn't what they were looking for at the time in regard to what they needed to fill. Right. Okay. But that was our first thing, and it, it didn't work out. And then two weeks later, I get a call from Andrew Abbott, who was the previous director and actually a good friend of mine, mm-hmm. and he's like, hey man, I'm heading back to Kansas City to pastor a church. I want you to replace me. And so that's really how we ended up here okay how at even the lighthouse right at the lighthouse okay. yeah cool and so i didn't name it andrew did <laughs> and because he's really the kind of one that first started it and um because it used to be it used to be part of the bsc like the baptist student center okay so those used to be one and gotcha. there was a okay. split for some reason like 15 years ago or something like that okay and so now they're different entities part of different denominations and things like that and gotcha Denominational structure can get confusing yeah. for a lot of people, yeah. particularly me, 
not coming out of a Christian background, but then like kind of getting thrown into um, some of the the politics, quote unquote, which mm-hmm. like they there's there's denominational things that definitely serve a purpose as mm-hmm. far as what I would consider like the advancement of the kingdom of God, and then there's others that I'm like. Mm-hmm. That's too bad. Useless. <laughs> yeah. It's just too bad how it operates. I think. Right. Yeah. And so, and like coming from a non-Christian background and then kind of getting thrust into that, it's, it's still taking me a while to see the value of that because that's not how my mind operates. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to have to navigate people in a sneaky way. I'm not saying like everyone right. does that, but man, like what I believe about the gospel the, the, and, point and, and everything it, yeah. else, I'm just like, right. Uh, here's priorities, and those, that's not what we're focusing on. Right, yeah. And so, I go, I can be frustrated. Yeah, for but, sure. I mean, that's just Makes sense. me coming from my perspective now. Yeah. But, yeah. Everybody's, you know, everybody's different. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, I have two questions. Yeah. Um, I know we had a good, good conversation last week, and kind of looking at your... Kind of your journey from was it Catholicism to non-denominationalism, kind of to yeah. atheism, yeah. and kind of getting into the aspect of like this is how I arrived there, mm-hmm. and looking at the journey because you know the spiritual survey that we were taking is like hey how are you getting from point here to point point here like mm-hmm. d- do students here on campus actually want to know and and seek for God in a way that they like I would like to know mm-hmm. right. And and so we had that conversation. I want to continue that. I want to get yeah. a more full yeah, expression sure. what you believe. And so, but my second question is this: okay. Do you have any questions for me? Like, feel free to. Do you know, else I, I mean, I feel like just as we talk, probably some will come up. I can't sure. really think of, you know, any off the top of my head right now. But I feel like as we get to know each other, I'm sure things sure. will come up. So at the moment, no. Cool, man. But yeah. Hey, um, you thirsty? I can go get you a drink. Oh, no, I've got my, I'm good. I've got my water. That's okay. Thank you, though. Awesome, yeah, Appreciate no problem. It. I got my coffee from home. There you go. Yeah. So my, my wife made it and never got a chance to do because I was feeding my son breakfast. Yeah. And she's like, oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I needed it. I got like five hours of sleep. What's your son's name? Malachi. Malachi. Yeah, it's... Uh, Hebrew means God's messenger. Um, it's the last book of the Old Testament. Yeah. One of one of my favorite minor prophets, um, and his middle name's John. Was actually the my grandfather's name. Mm-hmm. My favorite book of the Bible, and Johannes in in Greek translated means God's gracious. Okay. And so, like his name actually has meaning, unlike most yeah. American names. So, uh, I have to pull from other languages, but you know, God's messenger, God's gracious. Yeah. And Very cool. That's the message of the gospel. Ma- a Malachi or a Malachi. So Malachi. like okay. the, it's Malach actually is like messenger, but it's M A L A C H I. Okay. Phonetically speaking. Oh, that's a beautiful name. Yeah. Cool. I it, he, he's, and he seems like a Malachi. You know. It's yeah. Like okay. Weird. You like, meet him and you're like, you look like a Mal- <laughs> you, you look are. like you are. You like, look like a Malachi. You are a Malachi. Yeah. If there that's ever great. was, he actually yeah. my my oldest sister. So, uh, <laughs> all my. Uh, I have, I have one sister who, um, she she's wrestled with faith mm-hmm. a lot in her life, regardless of what it was. The rest of my family are like spiritual or don't care. And so, um, spiritual in the sense of like, this doesn't kind of form how I live, but it's more just kind of an ethereal way of how I believe. Okay, so it's more sense. like a concept for him. Yes, yeah. okay. it's, it's not 
practical, tangible. Gotcha. Like, there's there's theology and then there's practical theology, and those are yeah. I mean those are categorical differences in the realm of theology. But uh, I would say that's how they personally believe, just from my observance. Um, okay. How they live. Yeah. And what drives them because for the most part sure. it's not like their worldview is driving how they live mm-hmm. um, their politics probably do but I don't know if they necessarily tie their worldview with their politics gotcha particularly yeah. about metaphysics right. that makes sense yeah and if you I'm sorry if I'm using words I don't know if you know all these so if 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 I stop you to say hey what's your acronym feel free to stop me yeah say, absolutely hey, what yeah. the world are absolutely. you talking about yeah I feel like I'm keeping up so far uh, you're yeah. good I, I apologize. No, no, no. You're fine. If if I if I don't understand sure. something, I'll stop you. <laughs> you can trust. Cool, right. Trust. I'll stop you. Cool. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. If you don't mind me, if you don't mind me asking, yeah. Um, like, so you said your dad played for the Royals. Mm-hmm. You starting out in family. Uh, you just Catholic. You said. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so, starting in that point in your journey to where you are now, how did you get here? Um, in terms of family. Just the whole thing, because okay. family has a, I mean, it, it definitely influenced me and in how right. I got to where I, I am today. Yeah. Like, honestly, for the most part, it drove me out of my house so much that yeah. I wanted to get out. Okay. And so I looked at different avenues. Yeah, I think that. I see what you're asking. Um, so my mother raised me primarily. Um, she has been a single mom for most of my life. She was married for a couple years, um, somewhere in between there, and then that didn't work out. Um she so she re- got a lot of support from her parents um and her parents were both catholic um and they they had married they had been together when she was a kid and then divorced and then um her but her mom and her father both have remarried now um her mother once and then her dad a couple different times yeah. Um, and so, but they had raised her in the Catholic church. And so she, and so I was raised in the Catholic church. I went to, um, I'm forgetting what it's like a parish, like a, like a private Catholic school, um, K through eight. Um, and then I went to high school at a public school. Um, that's when she met, uh, the, Derek was his name. That's when she met Derek, and we moved to Andover, and they got married, and so I went to a public school for high school. Okay. Um, and they divorced uh, around the time that I was a sophomore, I think. Mm. Um, so not that long. Not that long, yeah. Uh, and then, so probably right around that time, probably right after that didn't work out, is when we found a church called Epic mm-hmm. in oh I forgot where they first were. They were they were in Andover, I'm pretty sure. Is that Michigan? But, what? Andover, which state? In Kansas. Kansas. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I should have said that. No, no, we were we were in you Kansas. said you were from Kansas and I'm like yeah. I've not heard of that one. I don't know how big it was. Andover, Kansas is is pretty small. Okay. It's pretty small. Okay. Yeah. Um it's smaller than Hayes, and Hayes is smaller than here, so it's, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty small. Um, they were, I think maybe, like, on the outskirts of Andover a little bit, and then, so, and she's been with them ever since, um, and so, I, but I was okay. pretty cool. involved, yeah, but I was, yeah, um, but I was pretty involved, so she's kind of like a, uh, I don't want to call her, like, a veteran there, but she's kind of like, 
the one of the Experience. originals. Yeah, she's kind of because she because we came along when they were like hitting their two year anniversary as sure. a church plant, and then and now they're going into oh I don't even know six years maybe I don't know I haven't kept okay. track really. Um, I guess I could do the math. Really, how, about how old it, are you? I'm 22. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're fresh. I mean, like, yeah. Because I was 22 when I graduated from my undergrad. So you're actually a fairly young grad student. Yeah. 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 I'm one of the youngest in my cohort, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I kind of lost my train of thought. You're and over your mom's been there. Yeah. Yeah. So she's. So she's. Yeah. So she's kind of one of the people who's stayed the longest. Um, and there have been people who were there before her who have, who aren't, who were moved or something happened and they, and they went to a different church or something. Um, and so she's one of the first people who were there, um, and a new pastor had joined in probably around their three years. Um, and he's been there ever since. Um, and so... He and I, he and I have had an interesting relationship. We don't really, um, we don't talk anymore just because I have my own life now and he's still in Andover, so there's not really a line of communication there, but there's never been any, like, don't talk to me kind of thing like that. We've definitely had an, him him and I um, have had an interesting relationship because I was a teenager, um when he came around and so I was going through my own you know angst and, and whatnot um I love that. yeah I love it always and so uh he and I kind of had this have the same uh have very similar personalities um but there were a lot of things that we would not necessarily clash on but you know I didn't really understand what I believed, I just knew that the things he would say or the books he would give me to read really threw me off, like really didn't sit well. Or some examples. Um, so I remember he bought me a book that was like a collection of three, I think, C.S. Lewis books. Um, and he really wanted me to read the Mere Christianity one, and I did. And I remember... I I wish I had written it down or something, but I remember reading it and just thinking, just not liking it at all. Just not, not necessarily C.S. Lewis's writing, like how he wrote or anything. I didn't think he was a bad writer, but just, um, most people don't. How it was, (laughs) really? Most people don't (laughs) like it? Well, no, I mean, as a writer, like he was, he was a, C.S. Lewis himself was an atheistic, um, like he was a English slash literature professor. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I think I read something about him, yeah, that he was... And yeah. so, yeah, yeah, like the Screwtape Letters, Mere Christianity, yeah. um, things like that. The Screwtape Letters, I think, were in this collection that he... Or maybe they... I forgot, yeah. honestly. Um, he, he's more... He's a better philosopher in the literature, personally, though, I think, than a theologian. Yeah. Just so. That's, yeah. That's my take. Yeah. I don't want to interrupt No, you no, 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 yeah, you're good. That's fair. Um, but, yeah, I, I just... I remember reading that and... Uh, I, I wish I'd, I should have written it down, but I just remember I was reading it after I'd taken my ACT the first time when I was in high school, and I was waiting for my mom to come pick me up, and I remember sitting there reading what he was saying, what he had written, and I was just like, this, I don't like this, <laughs> like, you know, I don't, 
like I said, I wish I, I I could go back, you know, and remember what exactly he'd said that had thrown me off so much. But, sure. um, and then do you remember the topic? I don't. I I mean, I assume it was something about uh, how the Christian God operates, um, and and how. Uh, I just don't remember. It was something. It had to be something like that. Sure. Um, or how. So pertaining how, to the nature, character of God Himself. It might have been, yeah. Um, yeah, something like that. Or or maybe it was something about how morality works, or I'm not sure. Sure. Um, but, yeah, and so I kind of tried to ignore it a little bit, I guess, um, because I was like, you know, that's something C.S. Lewis thinks, and I don't have to, you know, prescribe to that. Um, and I'd ended up telling telling this this pastor who'd who'd graciously bought it for me that I didn't really like it and because that was honestly what I thought and he ended up telling me that it was just over my head and so I didn't like that I thought that was pretty condescending um and so and I think he was joking like I think he was being facetious but at the time as a teenager that's not how I took it um and so he really looking back he really did try to nurture a relationship between us but I had always, for some reason, felt like I couldn't really trust him. Uh, and so, I don't know why. I, I don't know if it was something about him personally or if it was something about, um, you know, the way he saw Christianity or what he chose to preach about. I, don't, I really don't know. It could have been an amalgamation of all those things, obviously historical background in your life maybe yeah maybe um Trust me, it's a, I, I, i'm sorry no you're good yeah I, I can get a lot of what you're laying down yeah for sure yeah i'm sure you can relate um and so you know we you know we were always able to joke around each other and and kind of play and have fun but there was for me there was always kind of a level of reserve uh just because um and i remember when we were voting to have him as no longer just an interim pastor, but as our real pastor, I remember I brought up that concern beforehand that I said, like, I gotta be honest with y'all, I don't really trust him. (laughs) Yeah, you know, there's something off. Um, uh, And, you know, I still don't know what that is. I don't think he's a bad guy, so I don't know if it was, I don't know what that intuition was, but um, we'd had, we had conversations all the time, honestly, about about, uh, things related to or not related to Christianity and morality and, um, all kinds of things, uh, and sure. so I went to college, and um, well, I guess I'm I'm skipping ahead a little bit. So when I was in high school, um, I uh, I lost my train of thought again. I'm sorry. You're in high school. I was in high school, and there were, there were just like I said, a lot of things going on, just angst wise, emotionally. You know, we're sure. all going through like growing up and whatnot. Uh, and it was definitely, this definitely wasn't the reason, but it was definitely a catalyst um, for my skepticism. Um, it was the homosexuality part in the Bible, uh, in, in both the Old and the New Testament. Um, and that had started to spark some questions about who this... Yahweh character really is, you know, mm-hmm. and what uh, he really want, 
wanted, wants, whatever. Sure. And, uh, you know, just to kind of get a feel. Because I never really thought about, you know, I was pretty hooked into the whole, uh, you know, I'm loved and saved and, you know, all of this. But I never really thought about what I actually think about, about this this person who's um, who has control over my life and who's watching me all the time and who's kind of uh, sitting there as a... Cosmic killjoy. Um, not really. I didn't really think... No, I didn't really think of it like that. It wasn't, you know... It, it was it was in a more positive light than that. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't think I don't think it was um, a killjoy necessarily. It was more of just like, you know, if I'm being held accountable by something, I want to know who that person is. I want to sure. know about them. You know, um, and so it was definitely the the homosexuality part that I was like interesting. And uh, I remember talking to a couple people about it and just saying like, I don't know why this bothers me, but it just does it just it just kind of throws me off a little bit um and so i i guess i started to just realize that maybe it's just something that me and this god disagree on you know maybe it's just something that we just can't come to terms on because that's just not who i am and that's not how i like to uh deal with things and and so maybe that's just something we just can't come to terms on um, and so I kind of just ignored it and I let it go because mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, like, it's just something that I can't help, you know, yeah. it's, it's something that I can't help but, but question. It's not, it's just something that I can't help but think, uh, that's not how I would do things, you know? So, um, I kind of let it go. I kind of just let it fade away. And, uh, so while I was still maintaining this belief, I was also, uh, not as concerned anymore, um, with, my relationship with this with this person um just because there was that I don't know what to call it I guess an erosion of trust there in this concept that I had in this god um and so but I think I still maintained it maintained the belief and so then I got to college um and I just kind of did other things for my freshman year kind of worried about more so making connections with people and getting friends and you know having a good time and uh doing my schoolwork and all that um and then in my sophomore year i uh it was right after the election and i was so frustrated with the dialogue that was happening between you know the democrats and the republicans the conservatives and the liberals i was so frustrated that that nothing was really being said that nothing was really getting done that no one was really reaching across the table no one was really empathizing with anyone so i had looked up this I'm desperate for for someone to have a decent conversation. I looked up uh, um, pro-life, pro-choice debates, and I came across um, this podcast called Dogma Debate. And it was it was a two women. One was atheist. One was Christian. Uh, the atheist was pro-choice. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Both were atheist. One was pro-life, and the other was pro-choice. Um, and I just loved how that conversation went um and it was being mediated by the host david smalley um and i was i was like oh man like i couldn't get enough of that i want more and so i looked into dogma debate more and it turns out he had this just inventory of 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 debates between him who david smalley is an atheist and his christian guests who would come on from all different ends of the spectrum in terms of denomination 
Um, and he's still doing it today, and I still love to listen. And so the things that the conversations that they would have would really inspire me to have those conversations as well and to look sure. into it myself. Um, and so that's how I kind of got started. I did my own... Was this ahead. like freshman year, sophomore year? Mm, sophomore year, okay. yeah. So you're kind of just advancing in your exploration of ideas. Yeah, for ideas. sure. For sure, yeah. I would, I would definitely, that's definitely a good way to put it. Um, yeah, and so I started. I actually ended up starting my own little campus radio show where I would bring on uh, either conservatives or conservative Christians or Christians, and, and, sure. and I would just talk to them and I would just hear them out, and we'd both... It was honestly the best ever because we would both come in kind of nervous, but we would leave feeling just like a weight is lifted off our shoulders because we had we got to talk to somebody about these things that we're thinking about all the time anyway, sure. you know. And so that was a that was a really good, fun and and a little stressful, but but still very interesting and and enlightening experience. Um, and so, I haven't done it in a while because because my senior year I stopped because school started to take more of a priority but so I'm sure. a little I, I wish yeah. and desire more students would have the courage honestly to talk about this thing yeah, because me trust me everyone thinks about it oh yeah um, I know <laughs> you, may not, it is. You, you may not care to talk to someone at that moment in time but I know you think about it right. whatever it right. is and it's important yeah. it really is I mean it just but you also have the fear of yeah. a lot of students don't want to look stupid right because, be most, because honestly most students I mean, not only the judgment part, but, like, most students really don't know what they believe. Right. And they're not confident enough to give an answer. Right. Right. And so when you have someone who's fairly confident in what they believe, it can seem like, oh, you're, I'm not prepared. I right. Seem dumb. It's intimidating. Like, yeah. And I'm like, is this even right? And, right. And I want, like, if I have one goal, you know, primarily as a Christian mm-hmm. college minister here at SEMO, is I want to be able to help others engage themselves yeah but also engage others well and understand hopefully um that it's about ideas yeah um, absolutely and honestly like you know there's i come from a very presuppositional standpoint like everyone's coming to the game not neutral does that make sense yeah we, I have, agree. Our, we all have our preconceived notions yeah, I agree. Um, and those are formed in certain ways mm-hmm. and a lot of that comes from the standards which we base them upon yeah and so like i want like what you were desiring and what you were doing you know i, I want to bring people i want i want to have conversations honestly some some of the hardest days i have is just because no one wants to talk yeah yeah, I will talk to I you. I absolutely understand. Yeah, so, I agree completely. Cool. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's, you know, and even though the you know I can look back on those conversations that I had or the conversation the hundreds of conversations I've listened to at least, you know I can think about ways that I could have pushed myself and or the other person more, um, but just the fact that I did it I think really helped me advance not just ideologically but like emotionally you know because when you sit down and have really uncomfortable conversations with people and you get more comfortable having uncomfortable conversations sure you get better at empathizing with people mm-hmm. and you get better at at not being so pig-headed you know about you know you what hear you the real argument yeah you're not hearing sound bites you're not hearing media buzz you're hearing someone's actual like this is really why mm-hmm. I may not like that aspect of Christianity. Right. This is really why, like, maybe why Christians, you know, seem to, you know, 
like just degrade and vehemently oppose um, like homosexuality, for instance. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't think either, we, we talk past each other so much. Right, yeah. We're not actually hearing right. what people are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we do hear what people say, we have to both be willing to hear a response to mm-hmm. what we're really hearing. Yeah. And so, anyway, that's just, that's kind of an observation that I... No, have. yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that, yeah. with that observation. Because, sure. like, politically, I'm independent, wholeheartedly independent. Um, I probably lean more libertarian in nature. Um, but as far as, like, politics are concerned, that's where most people live when you start inter- interacting with worldview. Yeah. And because of that, like... You know, religion, politics, those aren't the two things you talk about. It's because they're both talking really about the same thing. Yeah. Like, what is the base of your reality? Yeah. And how's that, you know, drive how you live? Okay, I'm sorry. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. But, like, so you're a sophomore year, you're doing this radio show, you're doing Mm -hmm. that stuff, you're exploring. Mm -hmm. And so you're here specifically in an area, the LGBT uh, campus um, area. How did you end up here, and that's post Haze, or was that during Haze? And um, how did I end up like working here specifically? Work? Um, are you part of that community? So, like, yeah, individually, yeah, like, I am. I'm yeah, not gonna yeah. just try to look, hey, you know, yeah, you so gay? I'm actually Before. transgender, okay. Um, I'm not, I'm not gay, um, but you know, when I thought I identified as a cis woman. That was my identity, was, I thought, I guess a broader term would be queer, you know. Um, And so I'm very, I'm pretty, like, you know, you kind of attract people who are like you and you kind of go gravitate towards people who are like you. So I was very um, familiar with and connected to the LGBTQ community in Hayes. So I thought, you know, I didn't really, (laughs) I've told one of my friends and employees this, I didn't really want to do this because I thought like, no, I'm good. Like, I know what's up. And like, I don't need to, I don't need to do that anymore, you know, Um, because I kind of done my own thing in Hayes. And so I'm not used to being a leader like I, like this role has required of me to be. I've always, you know, kind of been my own thing, developed my own feelings about myself and, and, uh, while keeping, you know, good friends close who are also LGBT, not all of them, obviously, but, um, so I felt like I, I didn't need to do this, you know, um, but I, I applied anyway, sure. just in case I didn't get the one I really wanted. <laughs> um, turns out you didn't get the one you really wanted. <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was don't like, tell, don't show anyone this. Right. Yeah. Don't, shh, <laughs> block that part out. No. And then, and then I got here and I was like, I met, I've met the people, um, in pride uh in their the club pride here on yeah. campus and I've met my student employees and and I just fell in love I've I've I have fallen in love with this role honestly sure. and and you know we're only a month or so in but I So you've only been here a month. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I got here July at the end of July, July 31st or oh. 30th. Like to Cape to Cape Girardeau. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're real new. Real new. Yeah. Okay. So it's School's only been, you know, going on for a, a month about, but, um, I, yeah, I love it. I, I'm really glad that I applied because, uh, even if it, it, you know, there were a bunch of GA positions, you know, that would have been fine, I'm sure, and, and would have paid the bills just fine, but, sure. but this is, I didn't realize how much I would 
emotionally gain from from doing this and so yeah. you know so it's yeah huge. I mean yeah you go be a GA in the library and spend a lot of time with yourself yeah or do something that and, and I spend a lot of time yeah and I, it's funny because I you know I do spend a lot of, of my time by myself and I have certain responsibilities that are that are very central to this role but um, the community here, everybody has really been so, if you need anything, let me know, you know, right. I know these people and these people just ask, you know, and so SEMO in general has just been pretty amazing. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, it's kind of interesting that room. like Northwest is the same, like we had a lot of different groups on campus, a lot of different ideas, a lot of different worldviews. And I think everything for the most part, like meshed well together. Like mm-hmm. there wasn't anything like people pretty much just let people be. Yeah. And, Kansas but they, is pretty, yeah. they engaged, but it wasn't like, yeah. you know, I'm picketing you. Right. Um, or that's that's the like big that. difference <laughs> that I've noted between Kansas and Missouri. The Kansas people, um, the culture is, is like, polite. Yeah. And so where you have those very uh, much more traditional or conservative views... I I I haven't seen a lot of belligerence on on that end. I've honestly seen more of it from liberals in from you know I, I consider myself liberal. I've I've honestly I've honestly had more frustrating conversations on my podcast with liberal people than yeah. I have <laughs> with <laughs> with conservatives uh, and or Christians. Yeah. Sure. Um, so. But then I got here, and literally the first day that I was here representing the Resource Center, uh, I had a guy come up to me and ask me if I knew whether or not I was going to heaven or hell, right off the bat. Um, And it was exhilarating, and uh, I was kind of like, oh boy, I'm here, you know? So, like, um, and he and I, like, were, you know fine like it didn't turn into any any kind sure. of animosity or anything like that you know it wasn't an aggressive conversation uh luckily so it was fine and, and like we ended up laughing about a couple things and and I saw him like a couple minutes later doing something and we kind of laughed about how crowded it was because it was like at the picnic thing oh sure the oh, yeah. welcome back picnic yeah there. yeah so um it was <laughs> yeah so can the I, I don't remember his name. Oh, I feel so bad. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. Oh, was it John? I think his name was John. Um, I don't think he was with Lighthouse, though. Oh, no, I would know everyone. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember... Oh, I don't remember the, the name of, of his congregation, but... He's a pastor? I think so. Of a church? I don't... He he didn't specifically say. I know he was a missionary, like... I mean, it doesn't matter. I don't like it. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, so just the the cultural difference sure. between Kansas and Missouri, it definitely smacked me in the yeah. face when I first got here. I mean, I love it. I do, I do. Sure. Um, and I think it's honestly can be... I think Missouri has some has some things on Kansas in that in that way in terms of productivity you know because um, I would rather yeah. I would honestly rather people come up and just say things than than be thinking it but sure. too afraid to yeah. to just ask the question you know to just you know sure. to just say it what's on their mind you know so that's true yeah I, I, me too and I think like we just mentioned that um, and so like I, you're here 
personal question now from yeah. me to you yeah. concerning these worldview type questions. Yeah, for sure. Like, when, when you think of, like, Christianity, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more specific, like, do you, do you think you would know, understand, like, fully what the gospel is? when it comes to like because like Christians are like hey we're about the gospel right like, mm-hmm. that's what they say mm-hmm. um, that's what I say yeah how how do you believe they are or Christians in general are defining that term mm-hmm. and how do you define yeah I really think it depends on who the Christian is um, I guess so for example the gentleman who came up to me and just right away sure are you going to heaven or hell? Based on the fact that I was standing next to the the pride flag, right? Yeah. Um, I think that peop- the more fundamental evangelical Christians are coming from a place of uh, they've read the Bible mm-hmm. and they have read what it says and they read um, what the God of the Old and the New Testament say is what's up sure. and they're just trying to help the world see that too. And because, in you know, and from where they're coming from, that's what's best for everybody. That's what's best for the world is is that we is that we follow this, and we do what is told of us to do and what is asked of us to do by our Lord and Savior, um, and we should do it because He cares about us and He loves us and He wants everybody to be right. And right now, if you're not. Um, following abiding by those either you know moral or i guess political laws then you're mm-hmm. suffering in some way you're missing out um and i think that the more you know the more you start seeing the christians who are coming from the more liberal end of the spectrum definitely more and i wouldn't say new testament focus i would say jesus focus so very much more certain parts of Jesus, like, so the, the parts about, um, spreading love and, and, uh, working hard to accept people and, you know, still keeping to that message that this is how we should live and this is, this is what's right and good for everybody and we just want you to be in on that because we want you to be okay. Um, and so I think they both, you know, and I'm sh- and I'm, there's all kinds of variations in between and outside of that spectrum probably, but just from my experience, I think they, everybody kind of comes from this baseline of, this is the right way to live, and I want you to live that way too because I want everybody to live the right way. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Some interesting for sure, like particularly when we get into the realm of morality, particularly everyone in regardless of where they get their morality mm-hmm. now I um, I believe there's one true standard of morality that being God himself but most people they they say hey you, and you just said it yourself like they want me to live the right way mm-hmm. they're assuming there's a right way to live right um, the odds right you know and so as people engage the odds that's really I think where the the rub comes. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not you can defend your odds is the issue. Yeah, I agree. For right. sure. Where are you getting the authority to tell me I ought to do this? Right. Um, and that's basically, well, like I said earlier, like 
that's the presuppositions people come in with. Yeah. And and it kind of and this is a very small thing, but for instance, like the two atheist women you're telling me that it's having a debate between like pro life, pro choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think pro choice one is just more consistent in her atheism than the pro life one person would be. Even though I am pro life, but it's mm-hmm. not because it's political and or just you know convenient to be there just because I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, uh, someone with an atheistic background who doesn't have a foundation of, like, I am created in the image of God. I have inherent value, dig- dignity, and worth. Not because, you know, I am just here or I came from evolutionary process, but because God made me. Mm-hmm. They made me with a purpose, and, and it was good. And, and so, like, her pro-life as an atheism is can't be established as a moral ought Hmm. if that makes sense i think that's definitely an assumption that most people have coming into a debate like that especially sure um but i was just talking about just an example of the moral oughts yeah i'm just and and so obviously coming from a christian perspective and like when i when i hear like what is the gospel honestly a lot of the christians i work with don't really know what it is right um and when I ask others who have experienced it, like grew up in Christian life or like, like you kind of went in through it and then came out mm-hmm. and has a different view now, I see that a lot of the time everything kind of revolves on this is how I live, this is what I do, this is um, kind of the extent of God's will for me, just like I just need, I just need to obey him or I just need to live like him. and. The funny thing is, like, the term, you know, fundamentalist Christian, which I love uh, to kind of engage people on, um, is they, the fundamentalists actually came out in uh, the late 1800s. They were fighting against the liberal theologians of the higher German mm-hmm. critic scene, and so they were just fighting for the fundamentals of faith, you know, the inspiration of scripture, the deity of Christ, the virgin birth, I mean, the, like, basic Christian historical belief systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I think a lot of people, if they engaged what I believed, um, I think if I just tell them, hey, on a piece of paper, this is what I believe, mm-hmm. they're like, you're, you're a fundamentalist Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I tell them the reason why, then they're like, well, hold on, okay, I haven't thought about that before. And I think that's probably, like, one of my goals is, is to help people engage more of the whys than Mm -hmm. the what's. Um, Particularly like questions about homosexuality or pro-life, pro-choice, things like that. And I think a good balanced Christian is not going to be either right or left. Yeah, I don't think... A a biblical Christian will be balanced where it needs to be balanced. Yeah. But it will take hard, hard holds on, on doctrine that God's like, there's, there's not room for this. Yeah. uh, For wavering or or... you know, being on a fence. Yeah. Um, so I probably should have been more clear about really why I let go of this faith. So, because, well, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like you think that I, uh, 
have these certain views about the way I should live and that didn't comport with Oh no 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 I'm I'm I was I wasn't even talking about okay. you or your beliefs. I was just saying like some of the things you said they're bringing up ideas that are outside that are influenced in both of our realms like like things like fundamentalist Christian can get misdefined or uh, mm-hmm. yeah they can get misdefined they're not defined correctly or they're not coming from a proper historical perspective of what that actually means it's more of like a talking point um, do you mean like when no, I'm, when I'm, they I'm, identify themselves as this they're not kind of understanding no what I'm this. saying is like it's not necessarily like fundamentals like I want to beat you over the head with my doctrine it's like it's actually coming yeah. from a movement of defending I'm not saying this I'm, it's not you it's what is a lot of just the kind of term right understood. exactly yeah. it's just a generic term I'm like most people think it's this but it's not that anyway yeah. um, I, I I'm not saying anything yet about like kind of what I believe what you're saying. Okay. If I heard what you're saying, I'm saying like what you heard mm-hmm. about the gospel mm-hmm. is it's like, hey, here's the God of the Old and the New Testaments. And for the most part, people are trying to help each other com- communicate that so that they would live right mm-hmm. to follow those the commands or follow in obedience what Christ tells us to follow. And... I was just going to kind of transition, like, well, like, this is, this is what I wholeheartedly believe in, and hopefully can defend just biblically, like, yeah. what the gospel actually is, and um, the gospel is a message. It's not necessarily a, so to speak, a system that we have to live in. It it, it tells about a person and that person's work, As, and then, and you've probably like heard these things, but like. And it always it always begins with the authority, and the right, and honestly the sovereign role of a creator, God, and right. in His character. And you've I mean you've heard these things, but like, the the message is, it's hard to hear because it's like, when we get into those realms of ideas, particularly when we're like, now this is probably where I'm going to get more to where you personally you know, said something about like, hey, this is what I believe. Like mm-hmm. you had a disconnect between in high school and like the homosexuality thing. Like God and I just don't di- agree on this. Mm-hmm. And so depending on how you viewed God or what you believed about God um, would really depend on kind of the, the freedom or authority, authority you think you would have personally to say, I can sit in judgment over God. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm coming from a view, and this is probably where we're going to talk more like personal belief systems now, mm-hmm. is that there's one sovereign, holy, morally perfect creator God who is eternally good, and he created all things good, mm-hmm. and he had a purpose for every single thing created. And primarily it's for his glory that he would get just honor and praise and, and glory out of everything he's made and it was good. And when he created, like, for instance, like, that's, that's where I'm getting kind of the baseline for the oughts. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Like, I ought to do this not just because it's kind of ambiguous or just kind of just, just because. It's like there's some real reasons, like, God tells me why, you know, I should keep, honestly, sexuality between one man, one woman in marriage. And because of that, 
it is primarily based on the fact that one God created it and so when we look think of it like this way like balance between racism and sexuality Christians I think are more visibly opposed to racism as they should be right I'm just saying like most people see visibly opposed to homosexuality and I think if you're looking at the topic of racism you're looking at Christians being against that and like I people would say that you'd see that it's like racism is bad like this is not good and but we're what we're seeing though is that people as they should hold their ethnicity their their racial background as sacred and important as they should because the Bible says that God created all people and through one man he created all the nations of the earth that's Acts 17 and over here in homosexuality people will see a disconnect mm -hmm. particularly looking from the outside and they'll see like okay you know Christians are pretty good at saying racism is bad but over here you have this disconnect between like racism homosexuality and because you're saying well this is bad like shouldn't you say both of these things you know are like if you say racism's good why aren't you saying homosexuality is fine because there seems like it'd be a discount does that make sense I'm not saying elaborate you. a I'm, little I'm, bit I'm like, so like you all wait so what I'm saying it seems is, like people should think that both racism and homosexuality are bad. No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, what I'm, I'm, so, I, I probably confused that. What I'm saying is this: is that people see a double standard mm -hmm. when it comes to, I think, Christian judgment over these things. Okay. Like, the, those who are not Christians would see a Christian stance against racism, and they say, "I agree with you. Racism's bad." Mm -hmm. But when we get to homosexuality, I was like, I don't agree with you. I think, you know, homosexuality is, you know, morally okay. And Christians would say, like, biblically, like, that is not the case. But the, the, the thing is this, the reason, and here's, this, this is like the, the bedrock kind of maybe answer early on, maybe some of the questions you had as a sophomore. Mm -hmm. It's like, when I view racism, racism is bad because it is attacking the ethnicity of someone who's made in the image of God and that ethnicity, that race, at which God oh, has created Oh, I see is... what you're saying. Okay, okay. Yeah. So are you saying that to uh, attack what God has made as heterosexual with homosexuality is kind of like racism? Is kind of like attacking that, that part, that sacred part of the person that God has made in this image? Right, so... Okay. I think, I hope I'll answer what you were just saying because I wasn't maybe totally understanding. Okay. Um, maybe if I flush it out. Um, looking at how, like, Christians view racism, the world's like, okay, yeah, I agree with you. Racism is bad. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, but, like, the reasons racism is bad, it's just God has made it. It is sacred. Mm -hmm. um, same thing with sexuality. We're not against homosexuality just because. And we're not against, uh, like, anything that is outside of the realm of, you know, heterosexual sex within marriage mm -hmm. it's not just because it's not because you know people are just like fundamentalist christians and they just like you know just because everything stems from well i mean i think a lot of people think that yeah i can see that um i don't but the uh, yeah i don't really see it like that because i know where they're getting it sure and i and i understand why they i i understand that 
what makes, for example, I'm sure you know about the, um, what are they called? The people in Topeka? Hmm. Um, sure, the... Uh, Westboro. Westboro. The reason that I am pretty sure why, and this is just my theory, I'm sure. pretty sure that Westboro Baptist Christians make um, the more liberal Christians very uncomfortable because Westboro is not about kind of ignoring those parts of the Bible that really say what this God really wants and sure. and how we should live according to that. And, and Westboro is not afraid to live that. And I think that really, I think it makes the liberal Christians more uncomfortable because they're more like, uh, like, you know, that, that cognitive dissonance of, well, that makes me really uncomfortable because this is the same God that I believe in who is loving and would never, you know, condemn somebody for their sexuality and would never, uh, would never threaten somebody like the Westboro is threatening people, essentially. Um, that's not the God I believe in, so I don't know where they're getting all this. And it's like, well, it's, it's the same place, you know? So sure. I, I definitely see that people can, can mix up the two Sure. Um, and kind of misunderstand where Christians are coming from when they when they speak on sexuality sure. and homosexuality. Absolutely. I definitely see the 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 disconnect there, especially with Christians. You know, yeah. uh, with Christians who are on the more liberal side, because they don't that doesn't they don't like to register that because sure. it contradicts their idea of of who this God is for them and and who this God should be in according to what they think is right and moral, you know, and, and so I agree. I think people, I think people get it, get it confused and it's coming from the same. Well, it's really good insight because what you're, what you're telling me right now is that you're actually recognizing a basic foundational difference from what I would say conservative Christianity versus liberal Christianity. And that is the doctrine probably of scripture. Yeah, absolutely. Because they would take like, for instance, like I like the nice things Jesus says. But he's saying some other stuff over here. Exactly. And I'm like, okay. Exactly. What's that mean? And so, like, when I get over here, like, when I'm looking at homosexuality, Mm -hmm. it's sacred because God made it that way. Like, we value sexuality. And, like, we value it as it was originally created. And that, I mean, that's the standard I must come from. You know, it it is the must. Yeah. But they tend to take their ideas of it and kind of... Absolutely. Cherry pick. And, you that's, know? I, and yeah. I think that's where it gets really uncomfortable yeah. is because I know what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to show, I mean, just, just for a mere moment, like, here's why. Since everything's based off of the created order. Mm-hmm. But when you start getting into, like, the sacredness, um, when you, particularly, like, when you look at the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. you have the first four are all directed towards our relationship to God. Mm-hmm. So when Jesus says, this is the whole law and, and, and the prophets, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You look at the, the Decalogue, the yeah. ten words, and you have, this is how you relate to God, first four, this is how you relate to man, the last six. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing, like, that's the fulfillment of the law. And so when we look at, like, sexuality, for instance, it's all based out of, like, the creative order. I don't have the authority, and this is where the standard comes in, right. to say, because this is... My presupposition is that, like, the Bible's the word of God. This is how God has communicated to us mm-hmm. as his creatures. Um, holistically, like, what is right and what is wrong. So it is mm-hmm. making moral absolutes. Mm-hmm. 
And because of that, and because of who I believe God is, and who I who I am as a creature of that God, mm-hmm. uh, created for a purpose, um, in a specific way, that like I hold to a biblical view of sexuality, and not just because you know, like I just disagree with them politically or anything else, right. but it's because like it's coming from the standard and the created order of this God. But like the and like I said, this is where it gets uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's because a person can read the Bible, mm-hmm. and they can get a very 